0: Hey everyone, it's Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival with another podcast to help you better prepare in your role as a protector and a patriot. And in this second of our three-part series of podcasts on tactical ammunition tips for your handgun, we're going to go into the lab and out onto the range to show you some neat tech tricks to make sure that you have the right ammo for your personal defense platform. Let's go ahead and jump right in.
1: Survival, Close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: Okay, so in our last episode, what we talked about were all the considerations that you have to look at in order to even choose that right box of ammo off of the shelf down at the local gun store. And we got a lot of great feedback on that one, and it was a real big eye-opener, I think, to a lot of people who never really – considered the effects that their ammo choices have on their legal responsibility when it comes to defending yourself. And I'm glad we got all that information out there, and I'm glad that some people are definitely taking a second look at what they're loading to make sure they've got the right ammo. So thanks to everyone that left a comment. And if you didn't catch that episode, make sure that you check it out. You can check it out on either iTunes or over on our blog. But today we're going to assume that you've met all the initial criteria and you now have that box of ammo that you're looking at to use in your everyday carry load or for your for your personal home defense weapon. So now it's time to put the bullets to the test before you ever have to make sure that they're going to perform when your life is in your bullet's hands. If bullets actually had hands. All right, so to do this, I have four tips for you that we're going to cover, okay? And the first one is that you need to test your bullet's primer protection and what and what I mean by that is when the hammer strikes the firing pin, which hits the primer, which creates the spark, which sets off that that combination of uh, that that chain reaction to send that bullet down the barrel, if that primer is compromised at all, it's not going to create the spark that's needed, and you're going to have a misfire now there are some some things that can that depending upon the integrity of the of the primer of how this can happen and one of those things is the primer being subjected to de- various elements whether it is a you're a law enforcement officer or maybe you're out in the rain and maybe some water gets uh you know d- uh, somehow defects the primer because there isn't enough of a seal there or you know, some people maybe over-oil their weapon, or oil gets on the 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 bullet, and it and it can. If there's not a good enough seal there, then it can make the the uh, the primer defective. So there are a few things that can happen with this because your your firearm is going to be subjected to elements at different times. It very well could be, even if it's just condensation. So under, under with a good integrity of the primer and of the ammunition that you're looking at there's going to be a strong enough seal there where it's not going to make a difference. But if you are – if you do have a load that typically – if you, you know, you test it out or whatever, you would, you would think it's under ideal conditions. But you always need to test your firearm and your ammunition out under less than ideal conditions. Okay? So you want to make sure that the, the integrity of that primer is, is solid with that manufacturer. So here's how you do this. Basically what you want to do is take, I, I say nine rounds. We take nine rounds and you want to take three each of those rounds and place them in a small saucer, uh, one in water, one in uh, bore, bore cleaner solvent, and the other in CLP, like you know, uh, break free, like a, you know, the, the lubricant that you use for whatever you're using for your weapon. Okay, so those are primarily going to be the different types of things that might make the de- the uh, the primer defective, and it would have access to those within the environment or within your handgun or whatever. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to take three rounds and you're going to soak three rounds in each one of those solutions So nine rounds total. You're going to put those in there to make sure and make sure that, that, that base of the bullet is, is submerged in that because you're going to put these under worse conditions. Okay. So you want to let those sit for two days. Okay. You really want to let that, you know, if there's a break in that seal at all in the integrity there, You want that stuff to get in there and you want to find out. So basically let them sit for two days then you're going to take those nine rounds and you're going to take those down to the live fire range. You're going to obviously wipe everything off, make sure that the bullets are clean. There's no leftover oil or solvent or anything on them, and you're going to fire those rounds. And so what you're looking for here is you want to make sure that all of the rounds fire without any problems. If you do have a misfire, so if you do have a primer that's compromised, and you pull the trigger and it doesn't fire, then what you want to do is you want to keep that weapon holding a, a pointed down range for count to 10 seconds because you could get a hang fire, which basically is it. It created a spark. There was some defect there in the primer, but that spark is still there and it somehow just kind of it holds up the spark. And so you get a hang fire where it could actually still fire. So. Don't, if you do get a misfire, like you pull the trigger and, and the, um, and, and nothing shoots out, then you don't want to just kind of take, take the weapon, you know, put it off to the side or whatever. Obviously you wouldn't do that anyway if you're, if you're being smart at the range. But the point is, is just make sure that you are, you keep it down range and wait 10 seconds before you take it out. And then you should be able to see, you know, you should be able to look at the at the primer, see that the firing pin actually did strike it. You can analyze it from there to make sure that it had a good strike on it and things like that. But you definitely want to make sure that that ammunition, uh, all of those rounds should fire under those conditions, okay? So that's going to give you the primer integrity from that from that manufacturer and, and what you're going to load in there. All right? The second test that you're going to do is on cartridge integrity, which is a big thing, and a lot of people don't don't consider this, but um, basically the, the biggest problem that you're going to have with cartridge integrity is going to be bullet setback. And basically what that means is, you know, if you have a, a personal defense weapon that, especially if you carry concealed, and you come home and you might... Uh, you might, you might unload the weapon or you take one out of the chamber, depending upon how you store it and what you do with it. Okay. You, you take the magazine out, you take the round out of the chamber, and then the next day you put it back in and you load that same round into the chamber. And basically depending upon this, this also depends upon your, your weapon itself and how it's going to feed that ammo. But, it can feed different ammo differently. So that's why this is always a test that you want to do. But essentially what, what happens is if, if it rams that bullet into the chamber, as it rams it, especially repeatedly, if you keep rechambering that round over and over again, especially if you're like law enforcement or if you have to clear your weapon several times, uh, even some, sometimes a few times a day, um, every time that you put you load that same round into the chamber, it's possible that I can push that bullet back into the cartridge a little bit. Okay. Now, over time, this can push it back further and further and further. And what that does is it, it decreases that that volume of space inside of the cartridge itself. And the less space that's in there, when that powder is ignited, it increases the pressure of that of that round, sending the bullet out. With that increased pressure, you have the threat. Of potentially that that round even you know basically even damage to the weapon, or you know basically exploding, not you know so there are horror stories of this happening out there um, i 've never personally heard of anybody that of this happened to anybody, but I have seen setback bullets, and it is a threat now again, this largely depends upon the weapon that you 're using as well, okay because different you know, different guns are built more solid than others are. So you definitely um, it, it, it's going to be a little bit um, dependent upon your gun, but you still want to check out what we're talking about here is the cartridge itself and to make sure there's no setback. So here's how you do it. So it's past the first test. If you're if you're if your bullets past that first test of primer integrity. So now what you want to do is you want to take a round and you want to chamber it at, uh, eight times. Okay, so you want to you want to basically chamber that round. Uh, take the, take the round out of the chamber, put it back into the magazine, chamber it again. You want to, and you want to use your magazine for this. Okay. So put it back on the top of the magazine, chamber it again. You want to do that eight times. Okay. Then you pull that round out and you put it right next to another round that you haven't chambered at all. And you basically put a, um, you can, you can usually just do this by eye and take a, a ruler Put it on the very top of both of the, of the bullets. And what you're looking for is to see that they're completely even. So you don't want any bullet setback. You don't want to see that, well, this one, you know, when you put that, that ruler up there, you see there's now a gap between the ruler and the bullet that you've been chambering. If it does, that means that the integrity of the cartridge isn't strong enough for repeated chambering of those rounds. Now this isn't a problem if you're going to maybe chamber it just once, but again, a lot of times if you're if you're pulling out the magazine, you're unchambering the round, you put it back in, that's not a good indicator that those rounds are going to be good for the long term. Okay, so I, if to me, if the cartridge is isn't, isn't, doesn't have that kind of integrity, then I'm not going to use it. I'm going to go to a different round that's going to pass a better test on it. Okay. Okay, so those are two quick tests that you can do. Um, and we're about to head out onto the range now for the last two tests, but first I want you to check out this special message.
1: Are you a proud defender of the Second Amendment? Are you tired of your whiny sister-in-law's liberal tantrums about the need for more gun control? Are you infuriated with government gun grabbers trying to strip you of your God-given right to own a nuclear bazooka? Well, my fellow Patriot, it's time for a SmackDown. SmackDown. In our free 2AD SmackDown debate guide, you'll discover how to win any gun control argument armed with three questions. That's right. Just ask these three simple questions and watch as that smug little smile disappears from their little face of even the most ignorant know-it-all liberal. Plus, you'll discover easy, fact-based, can't-lose, crybaby comebacks for the most common myths, misinformation, and outright lies, like... Gun shows are the criminals' flea market. Countries with tighter gun control have lower crime rates. Banning guns protects our children. More control keeps guns out of the hands of crazy people. And a whole lot more. Arm yourself now with the ultimate argument winner by claiming your free copy of 2AD SmackDown. Visit www.2adsmackdown.com. That's the number 2ADsmackDown.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back with our ongoing series on choosing the best tactical ammunition for your firearm. And it's time to really have some fun now and go out on the range for the last two tests. And the, the third test that we're going to do, this next one, it's pretty simple. And it's actually just to fire your, live, uh, your personal defense ammo out on the range. And I say this because a lot of people don't ever do that. They, mostly because of the expense. I mean, let's face it, those, that's your premium ammunition, right? That's gonna cost a lot more than your full metal jacket ball ammo that you are gonna use for practice rounds. Okay, but, it's really important that once you are testing out your personal defense ammo, that you fire that at the range. Now, it doesn't, obviously you're not gonna practice every time with that. Um but what you want to do is you want to make sure that your gun loves that ammo. Okay? And you also need to make sure that you know you get a, a good feel for how that ammo performs in your weapon. It's possible that your firearm doesn't like that manufacturer's ammo. And you might you might find that as you're practicing with that ammo, that you you do get um, you know, where, where the round isn't being chambered as, um, as well as other ammo is. And, you know, you're, you're getting the, you're getting a misfire or something like that. So, you want to make sure that it, it's feeding that round appropriately and it's firing. Plus, you get a feel for how, how that ammo fires in your hand. Okay, that weapon. So, it's real important that you do that in order for you to have confidence that it's going to perform. The last thing you want is to, just go to the range and practice with ball ammo and no problem, no problem, no problem. And then all of a sudden something happens at home. You have a home invasion or something like that. You have your personal defense ammo that you've never really shot at the range to test it out. And there you go. You go to pull the trigger and or it, it doesn't um, you, you get a, you know, um, a jam. So basically um, all you have to really do is take this. Take take your personal defense ammo down there. Run a few clips through it just to make sure that you get a good feel for it and how it feeds. Okay. Um, all right. And finally, just to close everything out, it's really important that you have confidence in the stopping power of your round. Okay. And basically, the, your your best. The, what's going to cause that stopping power the most? Besides bullet placement, but let's face it—I mean, there's only there's only you know you've got to be there's only a couple places on the body that are going to give you a one-stop shot. Most of the time, you're going to have to shoot several times in order to stop an attacker, because the placement needs to be such that it's either going to strike the brain or it's going to strike the heart, okay? And even a specific place of the brain and the heart actually. So you want to make sure that um, you know you're not relying on bullet placement because that's probably the least that's, that's the least controllable factor that you're actually going to have because you've got a moving target. Even if your aim was spot on, you didn't have the adrenaline going or anything like that, your bullet placement is going to be the least control that you have. So you need a buffer there. And what gives you that buffer is the hydrostatic shock. So as we talked about with an expanding round, when it enters the body, it creates this mushroom that you're used to seeing in that bullet. And what it does is because it's inside of an enclosed space, the body is basically a big hairy bag of water that inside of there, that mushrooming and the, the mo- the velocity of the bullet going into the body creates this um, this wave, if you will, inside the body, this hydrostatic shock wave. And that wave is what takes in increases, the area of damage and the trauma inside of the body. So if as an example, and you've seen this in gelatin tests, like ballistic gelatin, if you see the bullet go in, you'll see that there's like it goes in and then all of a sudden there's this like little cloud around it. That's the hydrostatic shock wave. So whereas you might miss the heart by an inch with bullet placement, that hydrostatic shock wave is going to increase the damage or the, the trauma area inside the body cavity and that could damage the heart. OK, so that's what you're looking for is that hydrostatic shock. And that happens inside of because of and inside of that that closed cavity okay there's so it's fill it's filled in there. how we actually test out the and and now you could do ballistic tests if you want to with gelatin you you know there's youtube videos you can test you can make your own ballistic gelatin and stuff like that, but we have a much a much simpler way to do that, which is what we call the watermelon test, okay and a watermelon uh, basically is an enclosed bladder of liquid okay because there's lots of water inside the watermelon it's enclosed because it has this thick rind behind it and when shot with an expand with expanding ammunition with the hydrost- it, it will create a hydrostatic shock inside of that watermelon but not all rounds will do this Okay, so this is a relatively this is a very simple and relatively accurate way to test the hydrostatic shock of your ammunition and give you the confidence that you need to know what your bullets going to do. Now, we do run this test. You can see us do our own tests on this in our bulletproof defense DVD, where we show that a 45 round shot into a watermelon creates a nice little hole in the front and in the back. And the reason for that is, is that the ammunition that we tested did not have enough velocity for it to cause that expanding round to actually expand. But when shot with a 357 Magnum or even a 9mm, you see the, basically you see the, the watermelon explode. And the reason for that is because they shot at such a velocity that when the bullet did hit, it did expand, it did mushroom out, it did create a hydrostatic shockwave and it blew the watermelon apart. Now, unless you really test that, you're just relying on, well, you know, my ammunition is a big round or I'm sure I have that much velocity or whatever it might be. Well, you might not. And even if it does, it's good for you to be able to get this visual of what's actually going to happen from that round. So I believe that this has a confidence factor as well. And as we know, in real gunfights, A lot of what happens for your, you know, a lot of what contributes to your survival is, is the psychological factor of it. So you having that confidence, I think is really important to be able to do this. Okay. So what this really, you know, calls for you to do is to set up a watermelon at the, at a live fire range and out, obviously an outdoor live fire range is very, very helpful. And to be able to shoot your weapon at the watermelon to make sure that it has you get that hydrostatic shockwave from the ammunition that you've chosen. Now, a couple of things here. One is you're going to need an, a range that will actually let you do this. OK, so I would recommend that you seek out a private range or somebody that you know of that has a private range or ask around a about a private range to be able to find somebody where it's going to allow you to set up watermelons and be able to do this um, this this trick, um, if you don't have anybody that anybody uh, that you know of that has a private range, you can contact an outdoor range in the area and ask if they would be amenable to actually letting you run these ballistic tests. And that's what you can tell them is that you want to run a ballistic test on ammunition and you want to know if they'd be willing to let you set up watermelons um, to be able to do this. Let of, of course, letting them know that you'll clean up any mess. And you want to you want to do it at a time that's going to be the best time where there's not a lot of people around and things like that. OK, um, I have both of those available to me. So, um, one, I know of a private range owner near me that basically we can do whatever the hell we want out there. Uh, two, we uh, there is a local gun range that's very close to me. It's an outdoor gun range. And. They have allowed this in the past, um, but it requires using their private range. So usually you have it, it can be you know fifty, seventy five, or a hundred dollars to be able to use their private range. That gives you more latitude over what you can actually do on that range within reason. And of course you're going to be respectful and you're going to pick up after yourself and things like that. But um, the point is, is for you to be able to find that. So that's the first thing is find yourself a range that will allow you to do all those things. The second thing is. And how you set it up. So what I recommend you doing is first starting off with just the watermelon and being, you know, you're going to need a few watermelons for this. Okay. Besides, it's just going to be fun. So, so make sure that you, um, you're going to want to, you're to you're going to want to get a a good, you know, maybe 10 watermelons if you can and bring them out there. Okay. So, so you're going to go ahead and set up the watermelon. You're going to just shoot the watermelon, just For to be able to get the feel um, for what's going to happen with that round. Next, what you want to do is you want to wrap it in clothing. Okay, so you need to understand that um, a lot of rounds, especially hollow point rounds that um, that are obviously they're expanding ammunition, but they're hollow at the tip rounds can, when they're, when they're shot through clothing can actually get plugged up and it can, it can stop the round from actually mushrooming and creating that hydrostatic shock wave. And we've seen tests with this, um, with several different rounds and sure enough, it happens actually quite often. Okay. So that's going to reduce the stopping power of the actual round. Now, the the technology on rounds is increasing all the time, and so if you do have a round like the uh, like the Hornady Critical Duty, um, if you if you have a one of those or some other round that has the, that polymer tip, if you look at the Hornady Cro- uh, Critical Duty, it has that orange polymer tip in the center. The purpose of that is to avoid that round that hollowed out, out round from getting plugged up as much as possible with with clothing that can stop it from expanding. So those type of rounds do work better for this. But what you want to do is you want to go and you want to probably go to like a thrift store or a Goodwill or something like that and get yourself like a thick coat or get some extra, you know, pairs of jeans or, you know, some old pairs of jeans or something. And what you want to do is you want to wrap, you want to wrap, especially if you can get like a leather or like even if it's a fake leather, but if you can get something really cheap, and put it around the watermelon. After you know that you can get expansion off of just shooting the watermelon, um, then what you want to do is wrap it in clothing and run the test again and see if that round fails to expand based upon clothing. Okay, again, it helps to have different, Different ammunition that you're testing with it. So grab some Hornady Critical Duty and grab some other some other rounds that you can that you can use for this and see how they all perform. You might find that one does get plugged up with with clothing and another one is able to, you know, in its design is actually able to penetrate the clothing before it mushrooms out and creates a different hydrostatic shock. Okay, so um, that's going to be another indicator for you right there. The other, the, the last thing I would say you do is to be able to put up some sort of a barrier in front of the watermelon. So I would suggest uh, starting out with a piece of plywood and then also shooting through like a two by four. And what this is going to do is going to allow you to see what those rounds will do in a home defense scenario if you're shooting at somebody behind a barrier. So let's say that they're hiding behind a wall and you know you you're able to shoot through the wall. So plywood's going to be harder to go through than sheetrock. So if it'll go through plywood, then you're gonna be fine. You can use sheetrock out there, but it makes a kind of a mess and any it, well, it's not as much of a mess of a watermelon, but nonetheless, I just recommend using plywood. It's a lot easier. You can set it up and um, it's just easier to clean up and everything. So so shoot through a piece of plywood and then shoot through a piece of of 2x4 and see what that does to the watermelon as well. You might find that where the entry and exit is of the wood, it might deflect the round more, um, or you might find that it it stops it from expanding. So again, a lot of this really goes more toward your confidence in the round and you being able to know what your capabilities are with that round in an actual fighting scenario. Okay. But, and, and, and this and it's just plain fun, so just go out and do it, but um, it is gonna it is going to be very beneficial for you to to for choosing the right personal defense round okay all right, well, that wraps up our testing of the bullets that you pulled off the shelf, and we're not done yet though because there's a third part to this series where we're going to look at the ongoing maintenance basically of the integrity of your ammunition. Now most people just, they have your ammo, you load it in there, you sometimes take it down to the range, or you might never fire that, that ammunition that you have in there. It might have been a year or two years that since you fired your personal defense ammunition at a range. And there's some inherent problems with that. So what we're going to talk about is not just, you know, firing that live fire ammunition, but the different things that you do to make sure that your firearm and the ammunition are working together in tandem on an ongoing basis by scheduling out what you're going to do with that ammunition and the elements that support that ammunition. Okay. It's actually, these are things that a lot of people don't think about. But it's absolutely critical to the integrity of that ammunition when you need it the most, okay? So we've got some really cool things coming up for you in the third part and the final part of our series. So make sure that you check that out. Make sure that you leave a comment over on iTunes for us and on the blog. We want to hear from you as well as what you've seen with have you run any of these ballistic tests with your own ammunition? Or are you just relying on the magazines to be able to give you that 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 information, okay? I'd like to hear what your tests have shown. What have you done and what have you found? So please leave us a comment and let us know and make sure that you stay tuned for the final part in our series. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now.